What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Good old yeah. humor. We're in the another first week, week of April. April, yes. you know. End of the first quarter of the year. And how has the first quarter been, Terence? Uh, I'm glad we ended it with a bit of a bag now, right? Uh, Is it? In the sense of, uh, yeah, last week, the whole flurry of, of all the news about uh, the hook liquidation, you know. Mm. Uh, didn't that feel like a bang for you? Uh, I mean, I guess now that you say, yeah, like, it was a nice, it was an interesting week, but it only occurred to me now when you mentioned it. Like, I never looked at it as like, oh, this is going to be the capstone of my Q1 of 2023. Mm. No, no, I mean, not not say capstone. Lah. I mean, it, I didn't say bang in a good way or a bad way. A bang could be you you langa your vehicle. That's also you bang your car, lah, right? Or it could be explosion. That's a bang also. So when I say bang, I don't necessarily mean that it's an awesome thing. Lah. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking like you were saying awesome. Oh, you are saying like, what kind of fuck description <laughs> is that? Explosion. Like, explosion. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the kind that's like what a politician will say you, know? no, you no, say no, something no. that could be yeah. taken both ways when you say you end things with a bang Terrence normally uh, it's a good thing lah. okay okay sorry speaker sorry speaker <laughs> of the house I apologize that you're taking my words at, at, you know, at face value and, and not the intention behind it yeah Yeah. no you should have said like if, if, I, if I didn't ask then I have no right to ask yeah 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 correct correct yeah, correct, right. correct. then I throw down my file and I come and address you yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Correct. It ended with ended with a with a bang of sorts, like with a bang mm. of sorts, a bang of sorts, yes, a bang of sorts. Uh, which I mean, we will be sharing a bit about the the that week, particularly because we did put out an AMA thread on our mm. subreddit. Yeah. Um, if you haven't put your questions there, too bad. Uh, mm. We have more than enough to talk about for now. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but that that that'll be the second half, lah. Mm. The first half is uh, we are revisiting something, a very heated discussion from last <laughs> yeah, quarter correct. that I think uh, a lot of people even have been commenting and saying that we should, uh, you know, make a second part about as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Part- partly because there is something in the news that is related to that. Mm. Um, mm. And, right. and more specifically, it, it, it was with relation to Yalabot episode 371 when leader of the opposition Pritam Singh uh, said something in parliament like, but before that before mm. we jump into that anything to plug or not Terrence? I think uh, yeah if you're new to this uh, you know to this podcast you heard of us through whatever it is like, whether through social media last week or what uh, welcome and if you enjoy what you're listening please do leave a rating on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts because that helps us get discovered by more like-minded people who are interested in hearing more than just one perspective on things happening in the news, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's also an, an ego boost um, because now that we have got like more than 800 plus reviews on Spotify, the next K is 1K and then after that, uh, it's 5K and then 10K because all our lives are defined by numbers and ratings, <laughs> yeah, which, is, what, which right. is an analogy for the world. It is an analogy yeah, yeah, for yeah. the world and the society that we live in these days. Yeah. You know, the, the truth is, as content creators, we kind of just... You're kind of just pushing it to to increase the number of digits, like, right? Yeah. Like once you get to like, 1K, it doesn't really matter if it's 1K or 9K that much, really, like, right? Mm. It's just like once it's four-figure territory, then after the next thing you aim for is five-figure, etc. Uh, so, you know, we're tantalizingly close to making it four figures. And, you know, with your help, maybe you can push it past that, like. Yeah. So Terrence, next time in the future, if I owe you nine dollars and I give you back one dollar, <laughs> you say it's fine, it's fine, no problem. If you owe me ten dollars, then you fucking yeah. pay me ten dollars. Yeah, yeah, if it's nine dollars, it's okay. Any single digit number will be fine. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. That's that's the way I roll. Yeah. Okay, that's the way you roll. Sweet. All right. Okay. Cool. So shall mm. we jump into the first topic? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So so back uh in uh, end of February, twenty seventh February. Uh, that week, uh, Pritam Singh, the leader of the opposition, suggested the idea of an English test for future Singapore citizens, like to to make it part of um, uh, the PR application. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was debated in Parliament. It was pushed back by by some of the uh, ministers, but uh, there was a lot of pushback even internally on Yalabad. 
Because mm. in episode 371, I think it was one of our more heated debates. Uh, where people mm. were leaving comments saying that, you know what, this was... I couldn't listen to this. You know, <laughs> normally you all are entertaining, but this, I felt it was too much of a debate. Excruciating. <laughs> Excruciating. Because, yeah, yeah, it was... It was a. Uh, like it was one of our more, I wouldn't say heated, but more, more like, uh, like uh, I guess somewhat heated, like somewhat heated debates, mm, right, mm, right. Mm. Um, but at the end of it, we both had very different perspectives. I think generally mm. I was more like, yeah, I think a test would be good, and you were at the other extreme, la. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. See again, being characterized <laughs> wrongly. <laughs> You like to use the word oh, the, other, right. side the other extreme. Yeah, On yeah. the other side you of You can just say that I have a different opinion, <laughs> but you had to characterize it as I was at an extreme, you know? Okay, and you're okay, the moderate, said, you're the moderate in the middle. You see? I, so said I, the, I, I think the theme of from that last episode <laughs> is still here, where a lot of my views are constantly being mischaracterized. No, yeah. I said the other extreme, meaning that I'm already at one extreme. Yeah, but you didn't, didn't say that at the start. You just started, oh, this is my view. And here's the other extreme, <laughs> which is Terence's view, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, that hints that if I say, oh, that's the other Indian over there, uh, logically, you would assume that I'm also Indian. Mm. So, so you see, you're, you're applying like this logical test to it, like, right? But mm. there's no, well, we don't know. We haven't done a test about people's logic yet. So, who, how what makes you so certain that people will understand? Ah, right. Ah. Must do a test. Must do test first, then you, must do then a you survey, understand, yeah. right? Must do, must you never do tests, then you just assume people like that. Ah, correct. <laughs> That's exactly what we're talking about. Do we need this test? Do you need yes. to test everything? Yeah. Correct. That was a very, uh, that was what a pre-planned uh, uh, debate between Terence and I to show mm. how it is always important to be open-minded. Yes. Correct, yes. Terence. That was a negative mm. display, which was yes. purely planned. Mm-mm. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, <laughs> purely yes. planned. Uh, but yes, the the news that just popped over the weekend was mm-hmm. that there was a follow up survey uh, done by it was commissioned by CNA actually and conducted by MediaCorp owned market research agency MRC. Mm. Um, and it was a survey done over a week from March eighth to fifteenth that polled Singapore born citizens aged between eighteen and sixty nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, about what their thoughts are on uh, an English test being part of the Singapore citizenship application process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it overall, uh, let's see, uh, some high-level stats is that 80% of uh, the 500-born Singapore, Singapore-born citizens were in favor of an English test. Uh, 52% said new, t- new citizens should be at least able to converse in English. Mm. 41% said they should be able to speak, read, or write in English. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were some other numbers about the most important uh, criteria to assess new Singapore citizenship applications. Yeah. yeah. So, Terence, why did you want to talk about this? Because you were the one who suggested this. Uh, I thought, I mean, um, firstly, I think it's, it's very interesting that this survey has been done. Mm. Because, remember, it's off a suggestion from the opposition leader, mm. Singh. So it's not even like this is a government thing that that was announced and then now they're putting out test balloons. They're literally, yeah, they're literally doing a survey about something an opposition leader's uh, suggestion, uh, which uh, you know was quite hotly debated, uh, both in parliament and online. So you could see this. Maybe this is a, a test balloon, somewhat that the government is putting out there to see, hey, what are people thinking about this issue, lah, right? Mm. Um, because it's, it's not just a survey. I think, like you know, the uh, granted that CNA is a MediaCorp company, like, right? Uh, mm. It's part of MediaCorp, and and this is a MediaCorp survey. Maybe they want to to drum up interest in that in the survey, but at the same time, they also did speak to, uh, you know, whether it's sociologists or, or professors or acad- academics about about this issue, and mm. uh, so it's quite comprehensive. Like, it's not like it's not like they just came out with a dipstick survey and then they they reported on it the next day or anything like that, lah. Like. Mm. So tells you that yeah maybe there is some some of these rumblings in the works uh some something related to this uh proficiency test uh. yeah yeah and I mean for for like likewise for me also the thing that stood out first was like oh uh this is actually a survey that shows results that point towards uh against the direction that was taken by the PAP MPs uh that did rebut Pritam's suggestion la. yep right because yep. normally I think. Um, the the stereotypical way it pans out is that there's a motion put forward or debated in parliament. 
that is the PAP against opposition. A survey yeah. runs to almost reinforce the sentiment of the PAP. Mm. Um, and I mean, I know that's a blanket statement. So the, the one example that came to mind was the timing of the survey that looked at how uh, Singapore did during COVID. Lah, you know? mm. It was like the weekend before the white paper was to be debated in parliament. So it just felt like, hmm, mm. that's interesting timing. But this one, yeah, when it, when, um, it, it came out, I was like, oh shit, uh, that's mm. interesting. And, and specifically, the MP that was uh, surprised in response to Pritam's suggestion was the second minister for home affairs, Josephine Teo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, like when you look at the results, was there anything that, that surprised you, Terence? Uh, actually, I'm not surprised. Uh. I'm not mm. surprised most people think this way. Mm. I think, uh, you know, the last time we talked about this it, and then the, the subsequent responses that came in, I think yeah. a lot of people do feel like they, they, there is a one for this uh, test uh, of, of mm. uh, English proficiency. Uh, but for you, like, was it a yes? I won the argument moment that when you saw this headline. Uh, no, la, because <laughs> because also like this was the sentiment. If you ask me to guess what the survey was, I would have guessed this. Mm, mm. Um, uh, and and I mean, but what I guess was the more, how you say, uh, uh, eye-opening or almost, I wouldn't say a shock to the system, but something mm. that, that maybe did think is because they, they looked at the criteria for... Um, assessing new Singapore citizenship applications, right? So, mm. it was ability to communicate in English, economic contribution to Singapore, family ties to Singapore, professional skills, qualification. And then, it just, it just felt like, wow, as much as I was advocating for a test, seeing like, the criteria for new citizens be broken down this quantifiably, right? Almost made it feel like mm. we're some fucking school or some job, no? Mm. We're like a, company putting out a job description saying if you want to come to Singapore you need mm. to meet this 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 which which might be a sign of the times but it just felt like oh huh that's yeah. interesting Don't so you're saying I... that it was a it felt like a turn off to you that there's so many uh, it's it's such a it's such a what do you call it um, mechanical bureaucratic sorry uh, like a mechanical thing. La. Yeah, a very mechanical process of assessing whether someone should be a Singaporean. La. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, to a certain extent. But mm. that being said, it's also like, you know, with every kind of new social uh, uh, practice or technological practice, there's a bit of like, oh, it is not as pure as it once was. But mm, 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 mm. sometimes you kind of need to roll with it. La. And at this point, I think this is something that... um. I, I don't know whether it needs to, but but I think there is a value for this. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, interesting points that people have raised about the citizenship test, right? Mm. Uh, and it's, and why it's necessary, you know? Uh, I think maybe for me, fundamentally, you know, we, we, we don't need to rehash all the arguments because I, I will I will point you out to listen to the excruciating podcast we did. Yeah, like. the excruciating. <laughs> yeah, about 371. But, yeah. yeah, after all this time and thinking about it and seeing responses about it, I think for me, maybe just fundamentally, it's just the fact that it's a test, you know, a test. And, and, and like you at that, um, when it feels like something much more mechanical in that way, uh, that's a big, that's a big uh, turn off for me. Uh, where I feel like a test in general is just a very um, blunt instrument that is used mm. to determine someone's uh, value. Because maybe, maybe, maybe conditioned our whole lives into thinking that PSLE test, la, your A-level exam, la, your O-level exam, all these are the most important markers in your life. And if anything, if anything, uh, my life experience has shown that, uh, my, has shown me, la, right, that uh, a lot of these tests are just really blunt instruments of, of determining someone's value, la, you know? Uh, mm. and maybe that's why that's why I, it, when when the word test is used I'm just like just fundamentally not uh, very inclined towards it because I think the article has some quite interesting suggestions from sociologists from, from the professors and in, the, in our local academic institutions they're mm. suggesting things like uh, other other rules like you know ethnic integration policy for private housing estates for example or you know um, for like not forcing but, but offering opportunities for New citizens or PRs to volunteer in racially diverse settings, and you know other things like uh, uh, 
English language course to really introduce Singapore culture and history to them. So I, I do feel that, yes, a test is a quick and easy way to do it. But, uh, you know, it just doesn't leave a very good taste in my mouth. Yeah. Mm. And it's not just like uh, changing the word test with an assessment or something. Like that. It's just the concept yeah, of it. It's just the concept where, where, where I think I think one of the sociologists did bring up that, that it could point, I mean, it could ultimately boil down to the resources a person has, right? You yeah. Know, the English proficiency. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true as well. And um, that's why, I, you know, it, for me, it's just, Having done it my whole life, like having gamed gamed exams and gamed tests my whole life, I kind of feel like yeah, this, is that is that really the best measure of someone's uh, value? But again, some people say this is all about it's all about um, it's all about you know whether they can do the basic things right, the basic yeah, things yeah. in Singapore. Uh, but but to me, there's when you put a test out there, there's still it still says something about you know the 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 value of of. English versus other languages and, and stuff in Singapore, which is why which is why I felt very strongly against it. But mm. for you, like uh, now you see these results, you know that you are in you are part of the majority in Singapore and you you have the majority vote for this kind of thing already. Mm. Are you like even more adamant that it should be implemented? Uh I wouldn't say even more adamant. I still think uh, it, it 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 should be there. Um, mm. but I wouldn't say I'm like, wow, yes, you know, I'm going to paint my face with like, uh, English test that, uh, uh, markings and all, and mm. go on a all out, uh, campaign to market it. La. No, no, I mm. would say it's just more the dawning of, of reality, la, of, of, um, the fact that it is, it, I get, I can imagine even more countries doing this because, mm. because some of the suggestions they did while noble, right? It mm. feels like it's too... Oh, like, wait, sorry, what suggestions they did? As in that they you, came up with in this Yeah, article. you know, the, the social, mm, sociologist mm, um, mm. from uh, NTU said, you know, who did, who did disapprove of the English test, like, certain mm. suggestions that uh, they had, uh, he had was to, yeah, like what you said, create environments where immigrants see the need and value in learning English, mm. Um, mm, private estates, offering opportunities for new citizens or PRs to volunteer in racially diverse settings. I think when mm. I hear that sort of suggestion, right, I'm like, wow, wait, that's, I, I would consider myself a relatively idealistic person, but I read that also, I'm like, how is that ever going to uh, kick off? You're expecting people to, already getting people to volunteer for things is hard. Then you're expecting mm. people like mm. to just volunteer if there's no, if there's no score or something that they mm. can do that counts towards it, right? Then I don't mm. think they will. Uh. But you mean like, uh, like having say, CMIO, uh, in private estates. Quotas, uh. In private estates. <laughs> I mean, it's been, it's really done for HDB, right? Like in yeah. public estates. So, is it really that out of uh, out of left field to think that way? I mean, I well, I think that would be damn hard to pass, yeah. <laughs> because Why? because I I can imagine like, like when when you get a, a HDB, you do mm. you do you buy it in the notion that okay like, there there are these frameworks in place. Maybe mm. it's because we grew up uh, with it already. Um, mm. and you can disagree, you can agree, but right now it's there. Like, whereas private mm. imposing that, right? And um, I can imagine a lot of pushback from people who would, who I would imagine, like they would say, we're already yeah. paying a premium. Yeah. And yet with these rules, we can't know what, why is it called private? Why is the government getting involved in my business? But I mean, but, but Kuru, you just say that's the, that's the price of living in Singapore, you know, to, to be part of the, the, uh, you know, to be even to own property in Singapore and everything, uh, yeah, it's just it's just part of it, lah. And and you know, uh, yes, it's probably difficult, and you know, but yeah, it's it's it, you know, that's why I was thinking if we're talking about English test versus something that really makes a bigger difference on the ground, uh, you know, you you and I, we we also know of certain parts of Singapore that that do. They do feel more like ethnic enclaves, right? In a way, mm, mm. Uh, where especially in the private housing estates, where you you see it, it's a majority of of certain uh certain race or certain uh, quote, uh mixture of races, like right? Mm. Um, and and it's just one of those things that that uh people joke about, but they don't they don't there's nothing uh but we don't even talk about it, why it might be good or bad for the system, like right? Mm. So. Maybe maybe if we're gonna tackle it, maybe now's the time to tackle it altogether. Hmm. So you're saying English test and CMIO in private private CMIO. 
if we if we're doing English test, let's go all the way, man. Like, <laughs> CMIO everything. <laughs> CMIO then English test also lah. Like you know how 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 long do you need to take to order these three local uh local dishes lah. Mm. Or like local mm. copy, like the assessment is right. You literally have yeah. three people at your table, all assessment, <laughs> all assessors, and you have one yeah. minute, and they tell you the order. They're not going to repeat repeat it. Yeah, yeah. And you go to the coffee <laughs> auntie, and then you order that. Actually, that would that sounds like awesome. Then that that's would like, be to me awesome. It's like a practical <laughs> English or like living in Singapore test rather than like a test of language, lah. Right? Yeah, it's really about practically how to live practically in Singapore. You know, then there's like a fake supermarket counter with uh, someone from NTUC and everything, and then you have to talk to them. Yeah, and all. exactly. And then you, there's a fish mo- there's a fishmonger with a you know fish store, and then you got to be able to like point and say what you want, and they tell you how much, and you got to take out the coins and pay properly and everything. Yeah, yeah that to me sounds like like that's, that's a like, test that I think would be useful. And then like they serve you boiled half boiled eggs with the shell, <laughs> and you have to crack it yourself without throwing back throwing it back in your face. Yo, yeah, man, yeah, you could yeah. turn that into a whole TV show. No? Like, you just have a live stream. Mm. I would totally watch it. Like, like you know, physical and, 100, but this one is yeah. Singlish 100. <laughs> Singlish 100. No, and know? then also mm. certain cultural things. Like, you know, one mm. test could be like, um, okay, I want you to get me a kopi that is uh, has five grams of sugar per cup. But there's a mama stall, there's a Teh Tarik stall, and there's a, a um, Chinese coffee stall. Like. How yeah, do you order yeah. across the different things? Because I can tell you, every mama stall I've ordered Teh Tarik from, right, you ask for less sugar, it's still damn sweet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you have to tell them almost no sugar, then you put the sugar yourself. But you ask for mm. kurang manis and all that, siutai, it still comes back sweet. So yeah. if you, that's the like level level five Singapore cultural nuance. Eh? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe you can even level up and make them do physical challenges like the physical 100 and that all. Where they have to, you know, like like, like I think Singaporean challenges, yeah, they have to push like uh, a whole a, a real boat, like, right, from one yeah. end of the room to the other. Yeah, and maybe in Singapore is is you gotta uh, do something very physical. So, mm. um, I can't think of anything right now, like, But maybe it's like to haul like hundred kg of durian from one end of the room to the other, that kind of thing, <laughs> <laughs> and not like get spiked in the process, like yeah. Uh yeah, actually yeah, man. Like like mm. that would be a total like a fucking great show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Singlish one hundred, and I mean ultimately you only feature people who with their consent and all that, of course. So maybe mm. live stream not the best idea, but yeah. you just turn it into a show. Yeah, exactly. Well, I would and the totally watch with, that, man. Yeah, the winner walks with citizenship. Wow. No, but doesn't that awesome. okay? So the does how does that make you feel as a citizen of Singapore, as a citizen of a country? Okay, not the physical hundred lah, but having mm. these sort of criteria for assessment, right? Which probably is present in a lot of like uh, countries where there is a supply of people who want to get citizenship there lah. Does mm. it make you feel anything? Um. Uh, it, do I? Does it make me feel anything? I think. Like you say, like it's the dawning of a reality, right? The reality is, uh, you know, we are just uh, we're a very small country, and and it's quite a miracle that that uh, everything came together, and and we are where we are where we are now, like, right? Mm. But at the same time, uh, it can be very precarious as well, like, right? I think uh, there's a feeling that there's a feeling that Singapore because of the rising prices and everything recently, it's actually less and less of a uh, an attractive destination for a lot of uh, global talent, so to speak. And, uh, mm. you know, and, and, this, and a lot of these things might be out of our control, right? Like, like global inflation, inflationary pressures and things like that. And the fact that we import most of our goods as well, right? Yeah. So, to me, the reality also is like, do, do, are we too... Um, are we too comfortable with with where things are at now that we we want to think of ways that we we can we can and we can and will say no to people applying for citizenship? You know, uh, we're trying to come up with more ways to to say no to people applying for citizenship, lah, as opposed to thinking about ways of of better integrating them once they're here, lah. Oh, that's what I feel about it, lah. Yeah. So you're like we're almost like. It's like we are a startup about to list on the IPO and we're like, you know what? I think we need to have more stringent uh, requirements for potential applicants. Then mm. fucking economy crash. 
and then mm. you 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 can't you 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 need people to join lah. Mm, mm. Yeah, you can't reverse the policies that easily lah. Um, I don't know. It's it's just something uh that, that has been on my mind recently because I have you know personal anecdotes of like uh yeah people from around the world who are starting to say that yeah Singapore in the last two three years has just become outrageously expensive for them to 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 you know uh live here. Mm. So they are they are looking to move to other places and all already lah. So it's it's a kind of a catch twenty two situation we're in lah, right? Mm. But I mean, then yeah, that that's the scary part lah. Because whoever wants to leave, they can leave. But then mm. ultimately, if if someone leaves and the person coming in is like can can speak damn good English, very high earning, high income, mm. very skilled, then you just you just will go towards that extreme lah. You know. Yeah, and yeah. that's what that's what scares me about uh Singapore to a certain extent lah. Like um, I think there was another NUS study that came out today or over the past week was that mm. uh the income gap between graduates and non-graduates is only going to get bigger. Yeah, yeah. You know, which which is weird because all the things we are hearing over the past few years is like oh you know more equality you know this accessibility and and everyone and and inclusive societies and all that, but reality. I don't know, man. It feels like it feels like uh, it's not really in line lah with what's happening mm. in reality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, are we? You know, Singapore right now is is we're kind of in a place where where we're still really trying to figure ourselves out uh, quite a bit, lah. Right? Whether it's our sense of national cultural identity, uh, as well as like how to transition our the the Singapore story lah, so to speak, to the next phase. Yeah, uh, I think the last maybe fifty sixty years it was really about Singapore, the economic, the the little country that the uh, the little country that could lah, right? And Lee Kuan Yew he brought us for brought us to this place where we're now a developed country and everything. Mm. But now that we're playing in those leagues lah, right? Um, it, we we really need to think about like how then at this point how do we compete with other countries. Because if you're talking about like money, spending money on infrastructure, you know, buying, uh, getting direct foreign investment and everything. I mean, just look to the Middle East, like how how fast they're doing all that, like, right? Whether it's building skyscrapers, uh, investing in, you know, sports and entertainment companies and, you know, bringing a World Cup to their country and things like that. Mm. Uh, and that's all based on, on the, the money they have from natural resources, like, right? Which we yeah. don't have any of at all, like, right? So what is it that really uh makes Singapore an attractive place for people to live? La? Um that's that's what I'm I think like the the new the new generation of leadership has to tackle. And it's not an easy question, la. yeah. Yeah, man. It is not an easy question. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it's just I think that that all ties in with everything that we have read and heard about, you know, the younger generation, the the stresses they feel, the fact that yeah, you know, every generation prior would have gone through some sort of challenges and yeah. they might look at the current generation thinking, ah, yeah, wake the fuck up, like, y'all, don't be so soft. But, yeah. I don't know, man, it's a it's a challenging future ahead. Mm, it is. It challenging is. future ahead. Yeah. But, and, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but right there, I did ask, how do you feel about, about all this, uh, you know, the fact that we are starting to look at, at more ways to, you know, uh, uh, put these safeguards or guardrails, so to speak, around Singapore to make sure that we get uh we get the right people in. How do you feel about all this this recent debate? Uh, so I mean, on one hand, I can I can understand and and I agree with certain things that are being put in place, like, like say the English test and all. But if I if I look at the more qualitative side, almost feels like you know there's really inequality in Singapore, right? Uh, mm. like every country but then it almost feels like Singapore is becoming an elite country as a whole um, elitist are you saying yeah elitist elitist uh, country elitist. as okay, a whole okay. yeah. yeah which which I mean like uh, I know elitist has a lot of negative connotations but even in the past when you get countries like that very high income, G- uh, uh, income GDP per capita very high standards of living uh, citizens are taken care of. You could see them as being elites, lah. But mm. um, in this case, it feels like oh, you know, like um, 
feels like a elitist country, but do I feel elitist or part of that elite? Like it just feels like I'm on this ship that's going one way, but I'm like, um, yeah, it, it, does, it feels 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 like I'm on a different journey almost. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's when I'm my more introspective times, like you know, when the when the grays, the skies are grays. And maybe the the day didn't go so well, and I'm thinking, mm, what am I doing with my life? That's when mm. I feel like, oh, feels like yeah, we're on the same. There's a very good saying that explains this, but I cannot remember. But it's something like, uh, we are. Oh, it was it was during COVID. I think it came out. We are all in the same ocean, but on different boats. Mm. Some shit mm. like that. Same storm, but on different boats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think what you're 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 saying that, uh. Basically, you're you're essentially also saying that it feels like there's two versions of Singapore. Yeah, that are out there now, lah. One yeah, for exactly. those people who can make it, and one for those people who are trying struggling to stay afloat, lah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly mm-hmm. that. And then that is you feel it's like the bigger problem, uh, and and that's why you some people seem to be wanting to, you know, uh guard what is Singapore uh, right now more tightly whereas the mm. other side is once they want Singapore to be more open la. yeah mm. but I like also then you want it to be more open but but to uh, that, right yeah and maybe you're in one Singapore you want to jump to the other Singapore yeah so yeah. so that's what's keeping you going and of course even for me like uh, I think for most people right you want to you want to move up on your social or social economic mobility and stuff like that mm. but if that doesn't happen, will you still be okay with it? Or is everything you're hoping for predicated on that happening? Because that is dangerous, man. Mm, mm, yeah. Dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah. the two Singapore thing, like, which we which we've seen in, in other countries also, I think it almost feels like it's a natural life cycle for any developed country. Mm, mm. But we and, are, you think Singapore, we seem to be accelerating towards that, like, right? Like very, very fast, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, interesting, like, Especially Q one twenty twenty three just ended. Mm. Uh, uh, people would have finished whole their bunch, financial year. Yeah, whole but, bunch of tech, whole bunch of layoffs in you know tech and globally, right? So a mm, lot of people, a lot of uh, it's like what you say, like elite talent losing their jobs around the world as well, mm. and uh, you know, Singapore's not excluded. Uh, and where where will all these people end up going, lah? Right? Where would yeah, they man. want to go and sink their roots, uh? Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, man. But yes, uh, mm, mm, mm. interesting questions also because we're also talking about our experience. Uh, you know, uh, sort of our experience watching the corporate world around us. Uh, do their thing, lah. Right, and mm. and we ended up getting uh shafted in the process. And what are we actually talking about now? Uh, it is the like almost like an after action review or something that that we had been thinking about for a while and finally did last week, like, which is to mm. come go go public with the story of our TV series. She's a terrorist, and I love her. Uh, mm-hmm. With a few articles written uh, by some very capable journalists, as well as the uh, posting of all eight episodes of She's a Terrorist on our YouTube channel. Mm, mm. i.e. it's public lah. yeah That's right true. Um. so I mean like just for context uh, if if you weren't aware there were two articles that were written last week one by Tech in Asia one by Rice Media that covered different angles of the story of um, our TV show She's a Terrorist and I Love Her which we made in 2020 for a then network called Hook H-O-O-Q mm. Mm. Uh, we we spent 2019 making it. Um, we were super proud of it. It came out early 2020 in January. By March 2020, Hook liquidated, um, and they owe, owed us a, 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 a quite a big amount of money, uh, and they took the show off air. Mm. So mm. so since then, the liquidation process has been delayed multiple times. And last November, which was the last deadline we were aware of. Um, mm. the, we couldn't get through to the lawyers. We tried to buy back the IP. And that's when Terrence and I were like, oh, okay, so what do we do here? What do we do mm. here? Mm. Um, and then last week, 27th March, was the three-year anniversary of the day that Hook liquidated, um, which was 27 March 2020. Mm. 
Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. So those articles came out. Uh, we posted on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, and just and we have a few questions on our uh Yalabad Reddit uh, AMA thread, and also mm. just maybe any thoughts that that we may have lah about the whole yeah. process. Yeah. Maybe best we just jump in and start answering the questions. Yes, I think uh, so too. I think that way. I think that way we just keep it uh flowing in terms of. Uh, question after question, uh, rather than yeah. Because if you ask me to talk about this, I can talk about this for like two days straight, lah. Uh. Yeah, so, yeah, I, uh, yeah. so I do need I do need the questions in front of me to to kind of anchor me to to reality. Sure yeah. thing, man. So you can you can start. Yeah, I will start with. Uh, I I think we just start from the more, uh, more the, I mean the yeah the oldest questions and then to the the newest. Uh. So from Furby bot, um, Furby bot asked like four questions. First one: Did the people who worked on the show get paid? Mm. Mm. Uh, yes, a most definite yes. Mm. Every single person, um, outside of I guess you and I, got paid <laughs> the full yes. amount, lah. Yeah. Uh, I think we made it a point that we, uh, we we will do our best to honor whatever payment terms that we were uh that that we agreed with those people, as well, right? Mm. Um. Of of course, as things happened, we did talk to people and ask them, hey, could you give us an extension? But it was never anything more than like, uh, you know, I don't know what, two weeks, three weeks or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, almost, I think within, yeah, almost, yeah, almost, uh, at least like two or three months max after the show finished, everyone was already paid off already. Yeah. Mm, yep. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yes. the, the next question is did you guys have thoughts of quitting the media industry and moving on to something else since Terence has a family to support I'm sure it's hard for you so yes yeah. uh, maybe I'll just take this one first yeah uh, I think definitely when something when something so uh, you know such a big blow happens to you um, and especially because in the media industry you only you know you, you're sort of uh, you know even with a company and all you're, you're kind of still like a freelancer in a way, like right, you have to pitch an idea to a network, and the network buys into it, and then you and you work on it, like right. Mm. So at every step of the way, there's always like you're always you're always feeling on the edge. Uh, you're always feeling like, oh, if I don't get this pitch, uh, you know, uh, will the company be able to exist past tomorrow, like right? Mm. So I think definitely, especially during the time when when COVID was hitting and everything came to a standstill. Yeah, definitely there were these these thoughts going through our minds. Like, and, and I think we talked about us having very difficult conversations about this before as well, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, literally Terrence and I got on a few, um, quite a few calls talking about, okay, what what do we do now? Because we did have mm-hmm. that the huge amount of uh, debt, like, which the liquidation put our company in. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually did uh, venture out into like a, like a tech incubator of some sort for a couple of months. Mm. Tech I remember bro. Even you, tech you were bro, trying man. to be a tech bro, right? Tech bro, man. Tech bro. <laughs> uh, then you uh, were like, at one point you were like crypto evangelist, uh, AI, AI consultant. Everything was on your LinkedIn, <laughs> right? <laughs> nee, no, la, I didn't go down that line. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, the, the tech, the startup scene um, and all that. Because, I mean, it was an incubator. They offered a, a stipend. Um, and you could still work on some sort of idea, and I went in as the media guy, so it was an interesting experience, but I remember the call also that I got on, uh, got on with Terrence to say, hey, Terrence, uh, I'm, I'm going to be applying for this, and, and yeah, like, uh, it was it was a tough call, but, uh, and, and it sucked having to even have that call, but yeah, it was a reality, because at that point, we couldn't, not only like we had that, that payment to be made, we couldn't even film TV shows or videos, which was our business, mm, mm, mm. you know. So, yeah. so yeah, it was just, and you were stuck at home, and uh, we took personal loans. So, in like just just being in the vicinity of people, like like people who who gave us those loans, also, yeah, it was it was not a not a fun time, la. And uh, mm, mm. yeah, we couldn't go out, and <sighs> just talking about it is like okay, that was that was rough. Mm. Uh. But but yeah, so I left the industry for a while and then I I came back lah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. For, for all we know, Yalabad may may not even have have lived on past like the first few episodes. Yeah, yeah, especially right. yeah after the, the during the pandemic lah, right? Especially yeah, so, so yeah, those yeah. episodes, if you go back and listen to them, 
Uh, remember the, the yeah, just remember that those we were recording those under very extreme, stressful circumstances as well. Yeah, yeah, correct. So we yeah. yeah, the the time from March twenty twenty, uh, to about December twenty twenty. Then then we had a yeah. show in December twenty twenty. Then slowly we 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 scramble back Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Furby next question is for future projects, will you guys draft a contract in case this sort of thing happens again? Mm. Mm. So, I mean, uh, yeah. So, yeah. You, you go, you go, you go. Uh, I mean, th- that's the thing, right? You, even with the contract, right? Like in this case, with the hook liquidation, even with the contract, um, if the company just decides to liquidate and all that, right? Unfortunately, the infrastructure in Singapore and all, uh, there's very little that can be done to to hold someone accountable for for that action, mm. Um, and you know, like I think the Rice Media article they did, uh, I can't remember if it was Rice or Tech in Asia. They did ask us that question, like, do we regret, uh, not hiring a lawyer and all that, right? Um, and a lot of times it's um, of course, if you could get a lawyer, you could pay a lawyer. To help you do, do all these things and look through all these things, that's great, lah, right? But but you kind of need to balance that with what you want to get out of the project, uh, whether the people that you're working with can be trusted, and um, and yeah, lah, uh, what what kind of uh, it, it's all a gam- a little bit of a gamble, lah, right? There is a bit of a gamble to do it. Like even if let's say let's say our contract did somehow state that uh, we would get back our IP. Uh, in 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 the event of a liquidation, for example, right? Mm. In that case, we yes, we will get back our IP, but we were still been left with that two hundred thousand dollars that they never paid us, lah. And uh, of course, having the IP would have been probably made for a better situation, but it still would have been fucking terrible, lah. Still would have sucked regardless, lah, right? Mm. Uh, I think the IP was just like uh, made it a lot worse. But but what I'm saying is that you can't fully insulate yourself just uh from having you know getting a lawyer to look through a contract and things like uh, yeah. what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, because I mean we we the, the contract we had in place was quite uh sizable and and detailed. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is going for any business or anyone out there, you can have a contract, but the contract is not hundred percent foolproof. Uh. I don't I think there are very few con- contracts that are hundred percent foolproof. There'll probably be some combination of shit that can happen that would render it void. Uh. Uh, mm. What we took away from it is that, okay, any any part of our business going forward, we, we cannot put all our eggs in one basket. Because mm. uh, when we were making the TV show, we kind of stopped making YouTube videos because yeah. we were like, this is going to be our big break, which on hindsight, not the best idea, which is why yeah. now we still do TV shows. We have this podcast, we have folklore and and making sure that, okay, like, we are we are a bit more diverse. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. And um, so the fourth question, by talking about this, what will happen in terms of a uh, legal reason? Like, like I guess he's asking any legal repercussions. Like what someone asked, why talk about it now instead of earlier? Mm. Why not earlier, Terence? Um, I think we wanted to give it, uh, give give time for the liquidation to play out, for us to see what would actually come out of the liquidation, and then we would comment about it. Um. So yeah, it dragged on a year, it dragged on two years, and as even our own uh determination to to really uh get answers from the liquidators and all also uh was was tested like over time when you when they're really just not responding to us at all. Mm. Then I think that's where we're like, okay, you know what? Uh they're basically just shutting the door on us, like, right? Uh essentially just ignoring our emails and ignoring our texts or our emails, like. And this, it didn't seem to be getting anywhere. That's why we decided, okay, you know what? It's more important for us to have closure, to just talk about this, to just put this on public record that this happened to us. If not, mm. you know, I don't think we, I don't want to drag it any further beyond beyond uh, three years already. That, that'll just be way too, way too long in the past already. How about you? Yeah, I think it was more exactly that. Like um, we made sure to not monetize it we didn't say, oh, you know, you pay to watch it and you, you put it behind a paywall. We didn't want to do an event uh, like, oh, a live event, you know, come and, and buy tickets to watch this or, or crowd crowdfund stuff because then you open up yourself for more legal issues. Like for us, it's really just, 
we want the story to be heard because mm. uh, it's a window into corporate bullshit that can happen and also for the mm. show to be on on YouTube la, publicly mm, mm, mm. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, who knows what can happen, but at this point, it's just closure, la, and, and I think we yeah. got that. La. Yeah. So, yes, those were the four questions from Furby Bot. Yeah. Uh, I will then move on to Original Poster 2020. Yes. Uh, Noob question. Why the silence for all these years? NDA gag order? Uh, uh, I yeah. think it's quite similar to what we just answered, la, right? Yeah. I, I think just so, to clarify that it was, mm. there was no real NDA per se, la, right? It was more no. our own decision. Okay, let's respect the liquidation process. Mm. Even though we really thought about going public at some point, but when it yielded nothing, mm. right? Then we're like, you know what? We This can't die a slow death. This can't die yeah. an anonymous death in the background. So we just do what we can. Yeah, we respected the process for as long as we thought the process would respect us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I think after a while, it came to us that we we were not even being... Uh, considered in the in the whole process at all. Uh. Yeah. yeah, it was like a bad relationship that we stayed in in the hopes yeah. that things will change. Yeah. And then last week we went clubbing. Yeah. <laughs> we were I thought I thought you were gonna say we went on social media, we went to do a t- we went on TikTok and put up some thirst trap uh, thirst trap <laughs> videos. No, that's, that's, that's the that's the young equivalent, the old equivalent. Let's go clubbing and grinding. We we put in LinkedIn LinkedIn thirst traps. LinkedIn <laughs> and Facebook and Instagram thirst traps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, thank you for that question. Original post for 2020. Uh, Man Official, long-time listener also, has heard anything from stakeholders since news broke? Any negative comments you've received from going public? Harish? Uh, so, stakeholders, not really. We've heard from ex-employees or people who are you know, on the fringe of hook, either like uh, being part of like employed there or being associated with some companies in the industry um yeah, yeah so i mean a lot of heartening messages a lot mm-hmm. of people who were supportive a lot of people who i think still think that maybe it happened like two weeks ago <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so they're, they're extremely supportive uh but yeah. i haven't received any negative comments la. Right, what about you um yeah nothing from stakeholders if stakeholders you mean whether it's uh, ex-hook man- uh, senior management or, uh, you know, from Singtel or other or other shareholders like Warner Brothers or Sony or anything. Mm. Uh, nothing there. Uh, any negative comments you received? Um, maybe some people who... I think there were a couple of comments I saw on LinkedIn when people read the article saying that... Uh, kind of saying that we were, na- were naive to think that uh, someone would step in to pay to pay us as uh as um you know as vendors of a liquidated company like right mm. uh but I think uh there that shows that they probably didn't read the article like, right I think we we were quite clear that we we were already kind of certain that nothing would come out of the process already like right mm. and and if anything we just wanted to talk about it and also for people to see what we had done uh which is great because yeah all the actors and all the even you know, not the lead actors, but people who had smaller roles in the show, they're also proud of it. They are posting, they are posting um, clips of the show online and telling people to watch it. Uh, and these are people that we've, we weren't, we didn't even contact uh, prior to the, the news of this going public, right? Uh, they, they just like, we just like, hey, you know, they just reached out and they're like, hey, you know, it's fantastic you're uh, doing this. Can I, can I share some of the clips as well, right? Mm. So, yeah, I'm just very heartened by, by the positive positivity around the show and, and as a as a as a as a work of uh as a labor of love like, for everyone involved yeah mm-hmm. true that man cool cool so the next question by ben the man that's a man with double n m-a-n mm. uh hey guys bet it must feel felt must, ben must have felt good to finally let off some steam uh three questions one how do you all manage to land the talents for the show any funny or memorable incidents that happened during the shoot? Great choices. I think uh, he's referencing the casting of the show. Mm. Uh, yeah. So you want to you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for the lead, of course, it'll be me, right? <laughs> uh, there was no other choice for the lead. Uh, yeah. It's a show we created. So I want to fucking be the lead. No. Uh, I mean, like. Uh, I mean, I, I I did really enjoy the role. Um, mm. and I think what I enjoyed more was the cast that we found. La. So certain, the the main cast, we kind of had 
uh, ideas of who we wanted and who we knew mm. would do a great job. Yeah. Um, and it was just a joy working with people like Noah, Muna, Kate, uh, the Jeremiah and Aiden and Jackie and mm. Elliot and Rishi and Ben King. Yeah, it was just... It was it was great like and, and I mean there were specific reasons why we got them also. One thing was like they all can kind of do a lot of ad lib, mm-hmm. um, which is imp- improvising on the spot like you know you give them a line they know the setting they know the character and they just come up with some funny ass shit like. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Right, but but I mean for you as director, what was it like directing us? Uh, I think yeah, yeah. I think to answer that question as well, was there were there any funny or memorable incidents like, right? Yeah. Uh. I think it was very, um, you know, that, that, that mantra of like just hiring great people and then getting out of their way, like, right? I think I, I really embraced that approach to, to doing this. Uh, b- because for me also, it was, it was quite a, it was a, uh, a new experience, like, right? Directing such a, a long, such so many episodes of a long form thing. And, uh, and to, to really just keep up the energy and all, you really needed to work with people who, who were excited about the idea, who were excited about their roles and and were willing to put in the work and effort to come up with new lines or new ways to deliver lines. So yeah, there, there's so many funny or memorable parts that you know were were in the show, but also were not in the show that we were doing on the spot, on the fly, right? Mm. So maybe, yeah, maybe um it might be fun to show show some of the, the bloopers and all. Uh, at some point, uh, right? Because there, there were really a lot of uh, funny, funny things that ended up on the cutting floor, uh, and you know what you see in the show is is was was uh, it's only a sliver of the really funny parts that we we did uh, experience while filming. Uh. Yeah, and I mean one thing we we are super happy with is the locations that we filmed in mm. because the the good thing about uh, Hook when it existed was that it was filling the gap of a network who wanted to create very Singaporean shows uh, that have the ability to go outside of Singapore. Mm. So we were given quite a lot of creative freedom. So if you watch the show, we film in a sex shop quite often. One character's Mm. workplace was a sex shop uh, and our locations guy went to every sex shop in Singapore to ask whether we can film and there was only one who said yes. Mm. Uh, We filmed in a a hotel along on Geylang which mm. has all the vibes that you would expect. Um, mm. We filmed at a KTV. Um, we filmed at a, 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 like a, a huge-ass car park in Tuas. So the locations all were, were, were great. Um, mm. And I know when we were filming at the HTB once, uh, there was some a potential tenant coming to rent the place. And because there were dildos and sex dolls all over, I remember we just mm. stuffed everything into a cupboard, into the storeroom. And they came in, saw the house, and then they, they left, like, and then we took out all the dildos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of these things happened on the shoot that didn't, I mean, they're not obviously part of the show. Uh, mm. But yeah, they, they were very funny. Um, yeah. Okay, then the next question from Ben the Man. Uh, having gone through this ugly process, what would, be, what would be some steps that you guys can do to ensure this won't happen again or at least to minimize the impact? Uh? Anything specific? that we haven't talked about? Um, I think, like, uh, not being afraid to really push hard when it comes to timelines or even walk away from a project if if mm. um, you can foresee cash flow uh, on whatever payment schedule is being proposed uh, mm. being challenging. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. if you take on a project and you have cash flows from, like, a gazillion different sources, when mm. this project pays you, like, a year later, you can still kind of fund it with your other cash, la. Yeah. Right. But if it's the only project you're working on, might not be the best idea. La. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, to me that's the the biggest thing. La. Like uh I think uh you know, a lot of uh big bigger players or big people, big customers and all that will always try to to work out work out some kind of arrangement that's best for themselves. La. Whether it's uh, you know, I'll pay you after your project's delivered, I'll pay you only after the project's done and all that, right? Mm. And uh, maybe really, really insisting that, um, yeah, as the project begins, there, there, it needs to be a what. What you're trying to do when you enter a working relationship is you, you will is like entering any kind of relationship, like, Right? Then it needs to be a little bit of give and take. And maybe back then, what we prioritized less was the, you know, the fact that hey, we need we we also need to make sure that we're we're sustaining ourselves, like, Right? 
Yeah. Uh, it's not just about finishing and, and, and delivering a final product. It's about how we sustain ourselves through that process as well. And that's maybe something that, uh, in hindsight, probably we, we need, we should have prioritized more la, in, in terms of, uh, insisting on certain cash flow milestones and things like that. And yeah, like, like what you said, like, you know, that you can negotiate, negotiate, but you do at a certain point you need to just say, Hey, this is bullshit. And, uh, these terms do not work for me and I need to walk away. La. Which mm. was something, which is something I think we, we take a lot uh, into our discussions with other people a lot more. We, we talk about these things a lot more. La. Yeah. 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 But of course, also understanding that certain times while walking away is not easy. I think just maybe mm. don't immediately say, I will never walk away from something. Just have that yeah. as your worst case, worst case option. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. And then uh, Ben, the man's third and final question for him is I understand that, that Hook has filed for liquidation and all, but. Would there be any way for you guys to file for any legal actions? I think it's saying, mm. is there any further legal uh, steps that we could take to potentially g- get back the money or anything, like, right? Yeah. And Terence, well, is there? Is there anything? Uh, as to our knowledge, and this is after you know showing the contract to lawyers and things like that, uh, there's very little, if any, that we can do. And even then, is there's no guarantee that we will win whatever legal action that we choose to take as well. Uh, so it would be sort of uh, sinking more money into something that we're already losing a lot of money, lah. Yeah. So that's what uh, at least at least two or three lawyers have advised us about, really, lah. Right. B- because the thing is, they they like no one did anything illegal per se. Yeah. Uh, it's just the way the as what we've been told. That's the way business works, bro. Um, unethical and immoral uh, yes but not illegal yeah. but even yeah. then unethical immoral right I can totally imagine a lot of people saying what happened was not unethical it is part of business you know uh, liquidations happen every day but it can be unethical without being illegal uh, right true 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 true. but then yeah. it becomes like this eth- ethics and all is, is sometimes quite grey also right? like yeah, I can yeah. so that's why I say it's unethical uh, in the sense not obs- I mean not honoring a contract you know it's yeah to me that's just unethical but uh, I mean so what I'm saying is it's unethical uh. to you but I can see someone else saying that oh but I mean the contract was that the company liquidated so uh. it's not unethical it is it is a business process that yeah it's not illegal uh, yeah. it's not against the law so it's not unethical bro I'm not saying I agree with that uh. I'm just saying there are people who deal uh. with liquidations every day yeah. Uh, yeah. different parts of liquidations and it is just like another yeah. business process yeah, yeah so yeah I think I think it's just yeah where your ethics lie oh my god I agree with you I agree with you but I'm just saying that that the at the bottom line answering this question yeah, yeah, yeah. is there was nothing illegal that was done correct so correct, it's yeah, going to yeah. be hard for us to pursue any legal action yeah so yeah, I think we we both agree like, that it is unethical. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. But we what, it's what filing up. for legal action yeah. is hard, la, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Um it's hard. and uh actually yeah, actually, just yeah, one more question. Actually, la. Just one more question to go. Yeah. Uh by all things quaint, saying, given that this was scripted and produced in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, would you do it differently, having lived through the past three years? COVID nineteen, racial tensions, the repeal of three seven seven A geopolitical unrest, war in Ukraine, Lawrence Wong, and mental health fragility. Uh, what, what would you say to that, Harish? Uh, I think, yeah, there'll be definitely a lot of things we would, like I would want to update or, or change. But at the core of it, I still think that uh, we would, if we needed to do a story involving a terrorist who is planning an attack on a country like Singapore, uh, the, the nature of their cause would also like anti-capitalism sounds about right maybe now more so than mm. ever I think it would mm. just be maybe the settings the jokes the characters it, it might be more relevant but story wise the high level arc I don't think I would change much mm, mm, mm. yeah I agree uh, in the sense that extremism hasn't waned in recent times because of what happened in the last three years or anything right uh, in fact, maybe you, you could argue this is even more uh, extremist organization, even uh, even more sophisticated uh, now than they were before, like, right? Yeah. So it would just you know offer us more, uh, more more things to work with in terms of comedy and and just research as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I would I would say that it, you know the the core of the story would remain the same, but 
uh, yeah, we would just uh, we would adjust it for the times or uh, update it for the times, lah. Yeah. Yeah, but but like like to your point earlier about locations, I I'm very glad that we filmed in the locations we filmed because some of them don't even exist anymore, right? Yeah. So it's really almost like a time like capsule. the Thai disco, is it? The Thai disco, the Topayo playground, uh, you know, um, even even oh even the we filmed in the the was it the Tampines the there's a forested area right a bike park area. Yeah. Yeah, and that. Oh today. yeah, we did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah correct, it has correct. been developed into something else already, like, Right? I think yeah, it's been deforested yeah, exactly. and all. So all these places don't even exist in Singapore anymore. So, uh, yeah, like like every uh show made in Singapore, because Singapore changes so so fast, it's almost like a time capsule of what Singapore looked like at a certain point of time as well, like, Right? And mm. uh, yeah, so so that's why that's why um that's the beauty of it, like It really captured uh Singapore. As, as it was at a certain point in time, captured us as individuals, how we felt and how we thought and how we looked at a certain point in time as well. Uh, yeah, so everything about it is just um, uh, a very interesting look back at uh, the life pre-COVID, la, 2019. Yeah, yeah, man. And we do also make fun of crypto, la, right? That, yeah. that has aged well. That has aged well. It has aged well. We also, if, if it was made today, well. we would probably make a lot more fun of AI as well, like, right? Yeah, AI correct, correct. Yeah. Mix and, and, and NFTs and all that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. NFTs. But That's yeah. Right. Cool. Yes. Cool, 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 cool. Yes. Um, do we have room for one short comment? Uh, yeah, we do. We do. Yes. Because it's not all just about uh, the the release of TV show. But what what is your one short comment? Uh, my one short comment. Wait, uh, there was something by uh red gondola mm. um just a question not not a comment or any of the podcast saying that surely you two understand that the moth and jom collab is what this island needs so moth mm. meaning ministry of funny and jom meaning uh, sudir's outfit la. yeah um yeah. and i mean like so sudir is a, is a good friend and we're always in touch with him so so who knows man but i mean mm. i appreciate like like i think one thing that I used to see on YouTube, which I, I hope maybe can happen more in podcasting, is also just fans and listeners telling us who you would like us to work with mm-hmm. uh, and, and see. Like, because sometimes if it's someone we might not be aware of, all the better. Uh, so yeah, so I just appreciated uh, that that comment. Yeah. That suggestion. Yeah. But what about uh, you? Yeah, I, I think just... Uh, uh, yeah, we do. I think there is room for for collaborations like that. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, uh, we're also talking about uh, we're operating on slightly different platforms as well, right? Mm. So it would it would need some, we would need to think through and, and really discuss how to how to do it together. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, my, my one short comment is uh, actually from the YouTube comments about uh, she's a terrorist. Mm. Um, I think uh, right, so now yeah, quite quite a number of people have uh, managed to catch the show on on the channel. Uh, but yeah, the the most important, the nicest things are the some of the comments coming in lah. And uh, I think uh, one of the funny comments that I I saw was that uh, <laughs> from one of the actors in the in the show, uh, Jeremiah from Tropic Tropic Monsters. Mm. Uh, he said, I have a crush on a sham marriages of this girl. And when I first saw this, I, I didn't realize it was Jeremiah himself, like, right? Mm. Uh, that he was, I mean, he's literally talking about his, his real life girlfriend, like, right? Tiffy, who, who was acting in our show as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, I, at first I was like, I was going to screenshot that and then send that to, to, to Jeremiah himself, like, but then, then I realized from someone else commenting, uh, commenting, that's your, that's your girlfriend, bro. Um, oh, I see. I see. <laughs> so yeah, stop me in my tracks from doing one of those uh, boomer things. Uh. Yeah. You ready to spread the gauze uh, and spill the tea? <laughs> is it? No, I just thought it's funny thing to say there. Really, oh, okay. He's just it's a very meta self referencing joke. Very sweet, uh, yeah. la, Very sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yes. Okay. Cool. What, what about what about your one short thing, man? Uh, my one short thing is a video. Uh, from the host of the show. Adam uh, from the host of the show, everything I think everything sucks. Uh, mm, with Adam, Adam something, Conover, yeah, yeah. Mm. everything sucks by uh, Adam Conover, right? 
Mm. Um, so Adam Conover now has his own. Uh, no, no, it's called Adam Ruins Everything. Right? Adam Ruins Everything. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But, and the host is Adam Conover. He's a very uh, he's a comedian who used to host a show that was meant to debunk a lot of uh, uh, stereotypes or, or traditional ways of thinking that people had about a lot of things, like, right? Using science or using uh, research. So he's now got a YouTube channel that uh, he's quite active on. He posts quite a, quite a bit on the YouTube channel. And I think uh, he, has a, he also is on Patreon and everything. So now he's you know away from the network and people can support him as an individual. Uh, he just released a video two days ago called AI is BS. So talking about how artificial intelligence is all bullshit, right? Mm. So I know the world has been getting a hard on about AI, uh, and and everyone's just talking, raving about AI, and 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 debating about it all the time. So, uh, it was quite funny and interesting to hear his perspective about AI being bullshit, And he and he does go into a lot of uh, detail and research about it. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a interesting perspective to hear about why all this talk about AI and all is just just something to to get uh, the tech companies are using to distract us from real issues. Lah. Yeah. Mm. So if 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 you've been getting it hard on about AI, I think this it's something worth uh, watching and listening to. I see. Oh, and how long yeah. is it? A 25-minute video. So it's quite extensive. Yeah. I see. Cool, cool, cool. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I think uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Like, I think you'll enjoy it. As yeah, in, sounds like it. Sounds like it. Because I think you've been you you've been reading a lot about AI, like, right? Yes, As I in, have. You you're one of those people that I reference about getting hard on about AI. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so, a very confusing yeah. hard on. It's a very confusing hard on. Uh yeah yeah, but I can I can get why a lot of people are, are very into it now. Like, yeah, so it's a uh, you know it's it's just it's interesting to get the other side of. The, uh, hear a perspective from the other side of the fence once in a while, right? Mm, true, true, true. True. Mm. Okay, cool. So, uh, my one trick thing is also a YouTube channel. It's called uh, Philosophy Overdose. Mm. Um, it's actually the second iteration of the channel because the first one was uh, shut down. And while it sounds like it's a horrible thing, um, what this channel does is that it re-uploads uh, clips of uh, intellectuals or academics having debates about different things. La. So mm. I think the first channel was shut down because of a copyright claim, uh, but they have this new channel up. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I think um, this channel can exist because the stuff he's using doesn't fall under copyright because it was maybe publicly mm. available and he's just kind of re-uploading and not monetizing. But but either way, like the one thing that I saw was a debate from 1971 between uh, Noam Chomsky and Michael Foucault, um, mm. both of whom are famous like authors, uh, fam- famous thought leaders, la, debating power versus justice. Mm. Um, and, and it's just the whole channel is like that. It's like 12, 15-minute clips of like these things that, you know, when you like cutting vegetables or something, you just want to listen to some people talk about the higher level, not like why, why, why the stock market is crashing and shit like that. These kind of things are like, you know, like society, what... What what is the innate nature of humans and and shit like that? So I just thought, hey, mm. shit, this is cool. And all the clips are like very old, uh. mm. And you see people with funky haircuts and all that, just sitting on couches and and talking. And it's and it's damn interesting, man. Mm. Very interesting. Do they talk yeah. about AI? Uh no, lah, dude. It's fucking no. nineteen seventy one, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think the yeah. most the most recent clip. Uh, I don't know. I think you you look at the clip; they all are like either black and white or like artificially mm. colored. So I think or like just just you based on the hairstyles, uh, you can tell what time period they're in. Uh. I see. Yeah, it's old clips, old clips. Yeah, but it's cool. It's cool. Cool. Cool, man. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. All right. See you.